0: Welcome to episode 36 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre. On Stageworthy, I might talk one-on-one with an actor, director, playwright, or producer, or I might get a group of people together to talk about a specific aspect of theatre in Canada. If you'd like to be a guest on Stageworthy or just want to drop me a line, you can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at stageworthypodcast.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or Google Music or whatever podcast app you use and consider leaving a comment or rating. My guest this week is Evan Buelling. Evan's been seen on TV in almost every genre and on almost every major stage in Canada, including Canadian Stage, the Stratford Festival, the Shaw Festival, Western Canada Theatre, Mervis Productions, and Soulpepper. Canada? Or uh, yeah, no, yeah. We're,
1: we're strictly from Canada. Uh,
0: uh, Brantford. In Brantford, yeah. So you, just, you spent, spent your life in, in, uh, in Brantford? Yeah, I grew up there.
1: Uh, yeah, it was uh, the thriving metropolis of Brantford, Ontario.
0: What uh, did you get the opportunity to do theater? Much in Brantford? In, in Bradford a ton of opportunity yeah. to do
1: theater in Brantford. Yeah. Brantford was really great and formative. a uh, lot of community theater, mm-hmm. um, great stuff in high school. I don't know what the arts are like in high school anymore, but yeah. at the time it was really great. And uh, yeah, I grew up in like Theatre Brantford and Paris players and uh, sort of learned the love of
0: it. Yeah. From there. Did uh, did you, uh, well, at what point did, did you realize it was something that you wanted
1: to do like as a living? Uh, I was five, <laughs> <laughs> five years old and still working it out in therapy as to why I <laughs> chose to be an actor. But uh, yeah, I remember being, I was five and I, and I wrote in a little journal that I had that I bought from, uh, you know, when, you're, when you do the, the book fairs at school. Um, that I wanted to be an actor, and I probably seen something, mm. or whether it was television or what, I was mm-hmm. just like fascinated by,
2: yeah.
1: by theater. I remember going into a theater, and when the doors close at the back and the everything's about to be prepared, there's a sort of <laughs> silence and like a real stillness in the mm-hmm. room, and I just I don't know, I fell in love with that. Mm-hmm. And that was like, um, like,
0: like from age five, and that was like when you said no, I want this is what I want to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, so school kind of became secondary and mm. somewhat redundant. I don't <laughs> want to. S- it wasn't fully redundant. I'm sure I learned a lot there, but you know, it was it was challenging, and I didn't yeah. do very well at school. I just spent most of my days in the theater.
0: I can relate. I mean, I know I, I have sort of a similar thing where you know, my earliest memory after saying that I want to be a policeman or a fireman or a, or an astronaut. somewhere from there it went from that to I want to be an actor yeah Um, and I don't quite remember exactly what it was but I I remember sitting in a theater somewhere and watching some kind of some kind of show yeah there was all kinds of There's something about the 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 magic of being in that room and like having things there and they're real for the moment you know Mm. something about that just sort of made me want to that's what I wanted yeah, absolutely. I think
1: I wanted to be an archaeologist at one point, but I'm sure that was Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, inspired. everybody uh, wants to be an archaeologist after Indiana Jones. Yeah.
0: Um, when, when you were... You went to George Brown uh, College, mm. like I did for theatre. Um, were you looking at other schools when, you, when it came time to, to look uh, for a theatre school to go to? Yeah,
1: I, I auditioned for Sheridan, and I got in there uh, because I, I loved musical theatre, and it's sort of what I started in and, yeah. and did mostly... Uh, outside of uh the festivals um so i was i was like wow i got into sheridan this yeah. is where i want to go and yeah. like i was like so pumped to go to sheridan and and then i went to the george brown audition and i remember sitting in the in you know 530 king street west mm-hmm. which if you haven't been to 530 king street west it's not there anymore but it was <laughs> a rat infested <coughs> hole of, of love like it was it was an incredible black box yeah. space and uh with holes in the wall everywhere from angry young actors. I think we all have but, a lot
0: of affection for that old run-down building. Absolutely, yeah.
1: which is now a condo like yeah. everything else. But uh, uh, I remember sitting in the in the theatre with everyone else who was auditioning, and Peter Wilde came out onto the stage, and he, he looked at us all, and he said, look to your left, look to your right. <laughs> neither of those people will be working when they get out of this school. And I was like, oh my God, this is where I want to be. Yeah. Like it just, like that kind of passion yeah. and, and honesty. Yeah. Was, I was like, oh no, I need to be here. Yeah,
0: I remember, I remember a similar, uh, at my audition, we were in one of the studios upstairs and there were like, I think like maybe, maybe five, six of us that afternoon. And uh, you know, it was Peter Wilde's No One Wants You speech. Oh Yeah. And that was like the most intimidating thing, but it was like, you know, somebody's, I think it was the fact that he was honest about, about that, mm-hmm. that it's like, <clears throat> this, is what, this is what the business is. is yeah. That, you know, there's plenty of you, you know, and I think that, yeah. that really spoke to me. Um, while you were at George Brown, uh, did you, can you think of, of the things that you took away from, from that course? that were formative or or important lessons?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I went there when I was 18, right, Mm -hmm. So, and it was my first time away from school or from home, and uh, I think I learned more about moving to Toronto than I did from going to (laughs) theatre school, to be honest. I I got myself into a bunch of trouble. Got into alcohol and drugs, mm-hmm. and you know it was the '90s and yeah. and raves and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So it became. I think you were even at a party. At, I remember you being yeah. at a party at my house. That <laughs> we had some uh, we had some crazy times there. Um, it, it, so it, it was sort of the exper- the life experience mm-hmm. that really. Because I, I figure if you want to act and you know how to act, but when you go into a theater school, you know while they strip away. A lot mm-hmm. um, I think an actor holds on to their core belief I like to look at it as like a pilot light
2: mm-hmm.
1: that even through all of the, the mm-hmm. morass of craziness that was going on I knew that I wanted to do what I wanted to do you mm-hmm. know so um, uh, you know of course there's like I, some of the courses drove me crazy and inevitably I was kicked out in, mm-hmm. in my third year. I was kicked out of class. They kept me to do the shows, <laughs> which was great, great fun, and uh, I loved doing the shows. But I, I yeah, I just a, a classroom setting was very difficult for me to uh, to focus on. Was that in the, the
0: second half of third year that that happened, or was uh, that in the first? I think it was early in the
1: first half. It yeah. was during just before uh, vocal mask mm-hmm. uh, stuff had to go on, and mm-hmm. I was to present my vocal mask, and I refused to. Um, basically just because I, I hadn't done it, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, and uh, anyway, I did, I put it together, but it was too late by that point. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm.
0: Did you, were you... The vocal mask is, is a tense and... Uh, uh, I don't even know how to describe it anymore. Um, it's, it's definitely stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have success
1: with your previous ones or was it um uh yeah i, I did uh, my first my first year vocal mask was about addiction mm-hmm. which spoke very uh truthfully to me into what i was sort of experiencing at the time um and then my second year one was with wayne boldy we did ours uh, on elvis which mm-hmm. kind of transferred the addiction sort of thing into into that um and uh, it was the Wayne, uh, the Elvis one was was. Uh, it, people really loved it. Like mm. I, we really put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, of course, Wayne's no longer with us, mm. having passed away recently, which is uh, which was pretty rough. Mm. Yeah. But
0: for third year, you were just like, no, okay.
1: Uh, third year, I was gonna, I was doing one on Superman. Okay. So I went from addiction to Elvis to Superman, <laughs> and uh, and I had it finished, but it was by the time I handed it in, it was too late. And Heiner mm. Heiner said too late, mm. and uh, and you know I respect that now. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the time I was kind of devastated. and yeah. remember, remember. Yeah, yeah. It was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. It's funny the things that we
0: uh, that were really important when we were in theater school. that are now like, yeah, no, I get I get why that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, when you finish theater school. Um, the the next time that I recall uh, hearing your name was uh, in regards to uh, being a part of the We Will Rock You. Mm. Um, was that your next thing, or did you do other stuff before We Will Rock You? Oh no, I, I did.
1: Uh, I I did a bunch of uh, uh, theater and like grand band and mm-hmm. blue water. Some play, like a lot of playhouses around the province, and then I did five years at Stratford. Mm-hmm. Uh, and three years at Shaw mm-hmm. and then Lord of the Rings the musical right. and then We all Rock You so I'd had kind of a I'd had a career leading up to Wheel Rock You like, uh, um, uh, the five years at Stratford yeah. were very formative and uh, eye opening and uh, the three years at Shaw were it, it, I mean were, it was all fantastic mm-hmm. but uh, um Got to work with some really seminal people at at Stratford and uh and my first show there was with Bill Hutt and Brian Bedford mm. and Martha Henry and Tom McCannis, Stephen Womet. And mm. uh you know, as a twenty three year old I was just like, well, uh, what's uh, going on? You know, holding on to yeah. the proverbial spear and just listening, right? Mm. And I I often stress that to to younger actors if you if you have the chance to be in a room with, with people that have done this for so long, just listen. Yeah, yeah, and because yeah. uh, it is an apprenticed craft, which sometimes I think we we lose sight of, um, that it's like okay, I'm out. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go? Yeah. And
0: yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right about that. I mean, listening is a really important thing, but I don't think that that um, I don't recall being told something similar like that when I was in theater school. That, that you know, we did have the business of acting class and all that stuff, and then. Nobody said, when you get out and you get your first job, when you're working with with people who've been doing it for a while, just pay attention. Yeah. Because, so of course, I mean, when, we did, when I got out of theater school, I knew every fucking thing.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. we all do. We all do. right? Yeah. It's part of the rite of passage. Yeah.
0: It takes a little while to, to realize how, good, how little you actually know. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. funny you mentioned Lord of the Rings, because I did know that you were in Lord of the Rings, but I always, I think I'm, I, miscon- I, I misorder those, those things mm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um and I, all, I I always Lord of the Rings is one of those things I forget happened um so right. <laughs> purposeful yeah. forgetting Well, I mean yeah. cuz Lord of the Rings was like this hugely ambitious thing that just didn't quite do what everybody was hoping it would do Yeah um do you, what was it like being a part of that at the time that it was uh, playing when it was the next thing and then it didn't become
1: that thing uh, it was it was probably one of the darkest periods of my life mm-hmm. I think uh, I was it was one of those things when I got it I was like I was over the moon like I had auditioned for it with a number of other people and mm-hmm. and the fact I think the fact that they wanted me to play Aragorn I yeah. was like oh my god like I never play these parts yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm always the, the buddy the friend yeah. the, the funny guy, the sad guy, the kind of like crazy guy. Yeah. And all of a sudden they want me to play the the, the sort of troubled hero. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. And I literally had just come from Shaw doing uh, Major Barbara mm-hmm. playing Charles Lomax. You know, like this and that. My Barbara, you left off your uniform. Like that kind <laughs> of thing, right? Yeah. To Right into playing Aragorn. And it was... Uh, the first month was just the battle of Helms Deep. Mm. That's all we rehearsed on the 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 Revolve, which was a triple Revolve with a ele- with seventeen elevators on it, and uh, you know each each elevator had like a pink square, red diamond, mm. blue circles. So we knew where to jump to where. And, yeah. Um, and uh, it was you know the director Matthew Warchus. To his credit he said i'm going to ask you to do something like olympic and i, I was like okay and you know it's very <laughs> i was 30 and yeah. and uh or 31 and uh i was gung ho for it yeah. right um but yeah it became clear uh you know the critics beat us up mm-hmm. um it was a big workshop really yeah. i mean it was you, musicals need workshopping yeah, and this yeah. this was no different and it was a giant you know it's a giant thing like yeah. i'm sure they didn't put les miserables together in four months yeah, yeah. you know so yeah. and it's just as big if not bigger um so it was uh it was an incredible cast of uh wonderful canadians and mm. some and a, and a few brits um but I, I you know by, by the time we got to opening, we were rehearsing seven hours or seven days a week um, mm-hmm. all day every day uh, with no time for rest recuperation mm-hmm. reflection, uh, anything so yeah. it was uh, I went into a very dark place mm-hmm. I know I'm not alone, but I, I, I have a You know, my my reactive quality, especially at the time, was was to sort of react outwards Mm. and and inwards at the same time. It was just sort of this explosion. Mm. Um, When they left to take it to England, I suggested that they hire circus performers to do it and not actors because it was, uh, you know, I know it wasn't taken to heart and uh, I, I was badly damaged. I didn't come out of my apartment after it finished for about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And I had people that came over and sort of like <laughs> took care of me, basically. <laughs> like it was, you know, yeah. physically, emotionally, spiritually mm. just bankrupt. Yeah. Um, I wish I could, I, you know, I do look back on it fondly at, at the people that were in it. Mm. Um, I wish I could have handled it better. I wish yeah. I could have been stronger. But... Uh, it just took over. I think it's the theme of the show too, yeah. right? I mean it comes from it th- comes from his experiences in World War One. Like yeah. it's it's a dark fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. And
0: yeah, it was uh, it was brutal. Was it was no the brutal I mean, obviously having that show not do what was expected of it. Which yeah, was success was brutal, but performing it sounds like it was just as just as difficult.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, when we opened, when we first put it together, it was almost five hours long, right? And yeah. so sometimes we would do two shows in a day, so it was like <laughs> it was it was totally insane. Yeah. Like it was, uh, you know, they would we would come off stage at the end of the first show and there'd be bags of of Swiss chalet mm. just lining the hallways for us to to eat. And, you know, poor Mike Terrio playing Gollum just sat there in his fucking Gollum <laughs> rubber costume and, <laughs> and uh, eating chicken. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was supposed to be successful. And, uh, you know, when we, when we went to the design presentation, it was gorgeous. Yeah. And we were like, holy yeah. fuck, how can this not work? Yeah. Well, storytelling, you know, yeah. like what is the story you're trying to tell? It doesn't yeah. matter how much shit you throw
0: on the stage. And that so that it wasn't really workshop it went from 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 first iteration to just straight into, into full performance. well it, it was
1: workshopped in England I shouldn't yeah. say it wasn't mm-hmm. workshopped I mean the the creative team put it together they're fantastic, yeah, and, and they put together Matilda, which is obviously doing yes. extraordinarily well yeah. and uh you know in in hindsight like i like I love them all very much and mm. respect them deeply, but it's uh I sometimes it to you know the Canadians going over the top at, at you know, World War One. Like it's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. send the Canadians over and see what let's see what the machine guns do to them. Yeah. Um so it had been workshopped in England, but you know, it's it's just so big. There's yeah, just so many yeah. stories to tell it, yeah. it
0: yeah. I often wonder, I mean I didn't get the opportunity to see it, but I often wondered how do you take those three books which at were at the time were also the movies. Yeah. Um and condense that into a three hour which is a, a challenge right? yeah it is a
1: challenge and Matthew yeah. wanted it to be like Shakespeare meets Cirque du Soleil but it mm-hmm. you know you're, you're you're challenging the theater gods a bit by, by, yeah, <laughs> by doing yeah, that yeah. yeah it's it I could see it as a Cirque du Soleil imagery piece like and that's what they had I mean the sets were fantastic they yeah. were so stunning and costumes uh, Rob uh, uh, Rob Howell who designed it was just fucking brilliant mm. and he was actually one of the most uh, genuinely uh, g- uh, graceful guys on the, on the team when they when we were when we had the Dora Awards he uh, I think he won for design and mm. he was and he was very complimentary to the Canadians more mm. so than anyone yeah. else <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I don't know how you I don't know how you do it. we we you know we cut so much it just yeah, you start yeah. start cutting and we got it down to about three and a half I think mm. or something but yeah. I don't
0: know yeah um cause that show and what happened with it kind of in a way changed the face of theater in, 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 in Toronto for for a while in a way that we're still recovering from yeah um cause Murphy's Productions didn't really do any self-produced stuff for many years after that mm-hmm. um so it's 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 really a, from from a just a production point of view. It's really kind of disappointing that that show wasn't able to do mm-hmm. what they hoped for it to do. After you finally came out of your apartment, mm-hmm. um, was it was it hard for you going back into the audition room? Yeah. After that,
1: yeah. I, I I was pretty much. I remember saying to my agent, just get me on a cruise ship or something. She was like, no, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. Nothing against cruise ships, but yeah. she just said, like, that's not that's not your focus and I was just looking for something that was that was easier you know like it uh, um uh I yeah I went into a pretty like dark place Mm -hmm. for a number of months and uh I'd actually been sober quite a number of Mm -hmm. years at that point and that fell off Mm -hmm. uh briefly thankfully um got back onto the train but uh um yeah, I, and then uh, just go back to your point about yeah, yeah. about it affecting theatre. I remember when uh, they they the Ontario government donated or don't donated but uh, gave Lord of the Rings three point five million dollars right, as an investment, yeah. right? And a lot of people invested, and it wound up costing about fifty million dollars mm. the whole show. Um, it started. I think it was budgeted at twenty nine, mm. and it went, <laughs> it went up to <laughs> fifty million, and. Uh, uh, I don't think that they. Uh, I don't think they took into consideration uh, our unions here, right. as, as well as the crew unions. Like the the crew were miraculous, and they were literally working twenty four hour shifts right. through the night, uh, and and setting up and doing all this stuff. Like they they. It was a yeoman's effort on their part, mm-hmm. but it, you know it cost them a lot of money. Yeah, and uh, you know I I think perhaps you know I try to look at what the opportunity is in that, and and now the merchs are 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 creating their own sort of things you know with the Panasonic and yeah. such like that but it, it had it had it had been uh, a number of years of such successful musical yes, theatre yeah. that it was like the Lord of the Rings let's like let's tempt fate one yeah. more time yeah. and just go like that one step further and uh, it was a bit like the Titanic mm. um, it did it did better in England yeah. than it did here um, and Kevin Wallace always called it England it's spiritual homeland which mm. you know very well maybe mm-hmm. uh but I, I, yeah, everyone got stung across the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone lost yeah. a lot of money, and uh, uh, I think you know Ed was Ed was still alive then. Yes, um, David. It was transitioning into David's hands, yeah. I think, and uh, um, so in a way, I think it's probably a good thing that happened because what David has been able to do is make some real uh, astute decisions in terms of what they bring in both yeah. him and david Musi and um and and they've been they've been more successful and i yes. think i think wheel rocky was the next it was pretty much the next thing yeah and that's yeah. and they asked me to come in for that and i was like no i don't <laughs> want to do it anymore like <laughs> and they were like just come in it's
0: fun yeah was it already running when you came in no. Or, no Yeah. no it'd been running in england right but you were part of the the first cast yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I remember. I mean, I did. I worked at uh, the Ed Theatre for uh, a while a couple of years ago, mm. and uh, people people who were working as ushers who still worked uh, were still working there who worked during uh, We Will Rock You, and they would still talk about how crazy the audiences were mm. for that show. Oh yeah. Um, what was it like performing for for audiences that were drinking at their seats and and there? It was like a concert for them. It
1: was it was a total joy, man. I mean that that experience was was it was flipped on its head from the previous one for me. It, mm. uh, I had the greatest night of my life in that, which I'll, I'll get to. But the Wheel Rock, you was
0: uh, you know, I got to play this
1: silly British villain yeah. that it, it was just he's just kind of an ass, yeah. and, and I love doing that. And and uh, you know, I I grew up on a, on a hearty feeding of. Monty Python mm. and Steve McQueen, so it's like that kind of mix of of uh, uh, genres. But I, uh, um, you know, the audiences went apeshit, and some people came and saw it like ten, eleven, twelve times. Yeah, times. Yeah. I, I just remember at the at the end in the curtain call, like they they gave the audiences glow sticks, right? Yes, so yeah. kind of, As opposed to lighters, yes, to, yeah. But in the curtain call, they all, they all threw them, so we would we would come out for a curtain call in the darkness, and all of a sudden it was like. Braveheart, man, who was like flaming <laughs> fucking arrows <laughs> come flying through the air. And we all had to, like, we were like, shit, I had fucking just like hundreds of these, like, hard glow sticks being thrown at us. And, you know, you dodge, you're covering your eyes, you don't yeah. get your eyes poked out. But uh, the audience went crazy for it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like Ontario loves its classic rock. It's yeah, absolutely. Q- Q107. It's, yeah. uh, so, and Queen came, right? They came to. Um, hang out with us and play with us. Uh, sort of near the end of my tenure on it. What uh, was that like? It was, uh, that's the greatest night of my life. And, uh, Brian May, Roger Taylor, um, w- with Ben Elton came and, mm. and they, uh, uh, they came to play for our 100th show. Mm. So, and they'd been there for a few days and they did a sound check and they cranked everything up because they're deaf and they can't <laughs> and hear anything so after they left they're like okay guys we're just going to turn it back down a little bit because of course mm-hmm. they've been playing rock the whole time yeah. their whole life so but uh i remember coming downstairs into the the bowels of the ed murvish theater which was the canon at the time and um i walked into my dressing room and brian may and roger taylor and ben elton were standing in my dressing room because it was right across from the stage <laughs> management office and i was just like uh, whatever, <laughs> and, and Brian May you know with his super long yeah. hair he's like hey man I just want to say like I really want to apologize for the sound quality of, of the show right now it's not very loud I'm like, like whatever man <laughs> like, you can do whatever you want I'm Like, here can we sign my queen posters yeah. that are on the wall yeah. and, and they did And uh, but they were I, I remember stumbling into his room at one point he was in there with his daughter and I was going in to warm up and I had to hit high A's. Mm. It was like just a nightmare. But I walked in. He's, I was like, oh, sorry. And he's like, no, no, come on in, man. Come on in. It's like, oh, just, I, you know, I just want to say, like, I'm really excited that you guys are here. And so he's like, oh, thanks, man. Thank you. And, like, <laughs> and, he, and he started talking. He's like, so, who, who's your favorite band? And I was like, uh, Radiohead. Radiohead's my favorite. And he's like, oh, I love those guys. They're so great. I'm <laughs> just like, holy fuck. So we got out. We got out, and, and uh, he did a sound check that day. And we all, the cast, just stood around Brian May, and he had mm-hmm. his guitar. And he uses a, uh, a, uh, a silver pound note or whatever, mm-hmm. the, a shilling, as right. a pick. That's really? that's how he gets that crazy sound mm-hmm. by by using that. And uh, he. Uh, we were just like, play Fat Bottom Girls, play Show Must Go On, play, you know, Killer Queen, and yeah. he would just like play all these riffs, and, and yeah. uh, so that night, they, they played with us in, uh, in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. and they came, you know, Roger Taylor came swinging out on his drums, yeah. and, and we're all singing and rocking it out, and then uh, we sang The Show Must Go On, which is not in the show, mm-hmm. but uh, I got to sing... Uh, I don't know the bridge, yeah, right before the guitar solo, so I, I went out and I sing the bridge, my, my soul is painted with the wings of butterflies And then Suzy uh, uh, McNeil sings, "I can fly and, uh, and then Brian May goes into his guitar solo, yeah. and I stood back to back with Brian Ram- with Brian May and did air guitar he oh. while he, well, while he played he did. the guitar of he did. Yeah. solo. yeah. It was, yeah. and it's on video somewhere. Yeah. It made me fucking howl. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing air guitar, back to back with Brian May of Queen. Yeah. So yeah, that was the greatest night of my life. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, since then, have you been back to Stratford and Shaw ever since? Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, what's the, I mean, you're older than you were when you went there the first time. Mm-hmm. What's the main difference going back to the, those festivals now than it was? Uh,
1: First one. Well, with any with any company, uh, there's challenges uh, in any business, and you know Stratford is a big organization. Mm -hmm. Shaw, a bit smaller, Um, but uh, you know, confidence, right? Like I can, I can, but I still have that actor, you know, that that never goes away. That actor insecurity of like, of of, uh, what's. You know, that you still struggle with it's like validation. You're yeah. looking for validation, yeah. which is um, some sort of emotional throwback to you know whatever has gone on in the past. Yeah. And I, I still, you know, when I see Martha Henry, I still feel like a 23 year old. <laughs> I, I remember Simon Bradbury saying that to me at Shaw. He was like, "It's really difficult sometimes. I, I just I run into Chris Newton and I feel like I'm a 19 year old again. Like yeah. I just don't know how." To- so you still do, right? Like, yeah. I, like I'm 41 years old, and I still feel sometimes when I go back there like a little kid. Yeah. And and it's something that I'm working on. Like I I, I look at some of the greater people I really uh, admire there, like Peter Donaldson, who's no longer with us. Who, those kinds of guys that were just like stalwarts, you mm-hmm. know. And and they and it's like no, no, no. You talk to me if you want it, like that yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah. It's not. It's not inherently in my bones. I'm, I'm yeah. a. Um, so it's I I think uh, you know certainly you play different parts yeah um but you also have the experience to bank on like I I can open up a book of Shakespeare and read it and know what I'm reading yeah like yeah. without a doubt you know yeah. and it's and that's cool like at yeah. one point in my life I hated Shakespeare and then another point in my life I didn't understand how it worked
0: yeah
1: and now it's uh,
0: did you yeah. I mean at that point in your life when you hated Shakespeare I mean. Uh, it, it's a big part of uh, the training at, at George Brown or at least it was at the time. Yeah. Um, did you hate it then or were you learning to like it? Or
1: No, I, I liked it then. I mean in high school I, mm. you know but it's but nobody knows how to teach <laughs> Shakespeare nobody, in high nobody, school. Like it's, nobody it's,
0: knows how to teach Shakespeare in high school <laughs> so you probably shouldn't be teaching Shakespeare in high school at least not the way that you do. Yeah,
1: yeah. You shouldn't treat it like literature. No, it isn't. You should. It needs to be dusted off. And, yeah. and I don't know that Julius Caesar is the right way to go either it's for for kids. Sometimes the, the, the <laughs> that they, that
0: they teach the kids are like are like just why are we teaching them these ones? Yeah, I can I understand so. Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, if yeah. top, right, can mean something to high school student. But why are we teaching them? Uh, uh, why are we teaching them Macbeth? Like why are we teaching them?
1: Well, I think I think it's also I think I think the fascinating thing with that is that it's a throwback, right? Yeah. It's a, it's at one point. Students understood what was going on in Julius Caesar, but now it's it's uh, the attention span or whatever. Like it's over the years, we've progressively changed the doctrine at schools, Mm -hmm. and you know nobody nobody knows who the fuck Caesar is, right? Especially in school, and they don't give a fuck about political. Um, If you if you could mirror it with what's going on in the United States or what's going on even in Canada with uh, Harper. Yeah, that should have happened. That's terrible. I actually think you know
0: you could probably have some success now if you were to make an allegory between uh, one of those plays and uh, Game of Thrones. Absolutely, you might be able to, to get people to understand better what's going on. Yeah,
1: and I th- I think I think uh, Anthony Chimelino even put that in his Macbeth notes mm-hmm. this year where he compares it to Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, but you know the 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 wonderful thing about Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking, not Game of Thrones, I'm thinking of House of Cards. Yes, oh my God, yes, yeah. You know, where he compares yeah. it to that, but even if you go back further to the Ian Richardson uh, House mm-hmm. of Cards, the original British version, yeah. it's so Shakespearean, and yeah. he's so Machiavellian and, and such a Richard III character. Like his, mm-hmm. his takes to the camera are much more mm. arch, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Just because he comes from that world. I guess Spacey does too, but um, yeah, Game
0: of Thrones, God, I love that show. You <laughs> and everybody else. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny because I, I was wondering, if, as you were talking about when you know you meet Martha Henry, you feel like you're like a twenty twenty year old again. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that, that that sort of feeling, and I think that you know any of us who meets one of those people that we looked up to, we will always be that kid that looked up to them. Yeah. But do you think that that helps when you're dealing with like? The 19, 20 year twenty-year-olds who are coming in now—that you sort of can remember how you were uh, when you were uh, just starting
1: out. Um. Yeah, I—I I, I think like I don't—I don't come across uh, a, a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty much a hermit, so <laughs> it's uh, uh, no. I—I I, uh, mm-hmm. I do. I try to think back, but I also try to. Tr- I, like I treat them as peers i yeah. don't I don't treat them like i'm like I'm Bill Hutt or something yeah. right like yeah. I think some of those guys it was a carryover from the old British system mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. you know i am I am the great I am yes. and yeah. and yeah. not out of any arrogance per se necessarily, but it's uh it's just the way it was whereas mm-hmm. now it's it's like no man, it's like inclusionary, and it's like there's no ageism, there's no like uh so i uh, although I don't hang out with them on a peer basis, like, I yeah. don't go to the bars and complain mm. about theater because I couldn't think of a fresher hell. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, but uh, I, I sometimes maybe forget that, mm. that that they're starting out and and I'm, I'm wary of giving advice. Mm. I'm wary of unless it's asked of yes, me yes, yeah. because I, I don't want to come across. Like, I don't want to come across as like you know what when I was your age because <laughs> yeah, it's because yeah. it's not good but it can be like if someone has a question mm-hmm. and I think that's I think that's something that's missing sometimes it's like what are your questions as as a young actor like I remember as a young actor going to actors that were older and being like what is this and and how do you do this and 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 where do you go with this yeah. and like and really. Really um, asking the, the deep, hard questions if you want to be an actor, um, as opposed to "I got this, I can handle this." <laughs> you know? um,
0: yeah. Well, I think that that's an important that's an important quality is being able to ask questions instead of worrying that oh they I have to act like I know this. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's not going to get you anywhere if you don't actually know it.
1: No. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And questioning, even in rehearsal, I, I fucking—I got myself in so much trouble in some rehearsals <laughs> because I would, I would, I we were doing uh, *All's Well That Ends Well* when Richard Manette was directing it, and um, I was one of the uh, Dumain brothers, and uh, and Parole's the character, is you know he's covered in ribbons and bows, mm-hmm. and he's very flamboyant, yeah. and he's sort of he's sort of leading Barone down this other path or whatever. He's he's sort of and and the other guys are around like and then there comes the gulling of of, of paroles right yeah. where they where they trick him and, and to me I was like in a in a modern sense this is kind of like a gay bashing mm. like they're they're going after this guy for being flamboyant yes. and 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 so I brought it up and Ritzel I was like this is kind of like a gay bashing and it was like a dead silence in the room like what, what? <laughs> but but it was it was like a, a question that I had yeah. you know I wasn't I wasn't making a, a comment on yeah. anything but it's but those kinds of things, I, I, you know, if if it's if it's if it's guided towards the whole group and towards the the, the presentation of the piece mm-hmm. as opposed to yourself, yeah. then fucking fire away. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's when you start going, I think my character needs, yes. all right? You know, yeah. it's like yeah. shut the fuck up, no. man. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it is important
0: because then you have to know if you're all playing the right tone in a yeah. situation like that, like. How far are we going with this moment?
1: Absolutely. You know? Should we be making the, the audience uncomfortable? Absolutely. Yeah. Should we be making them question their own beliefs and their own actions? Absolutely. What the fuck's the point of doing theater otherwise? Yeah.
0: yeah. I sometimes think that, that, that we don't... There, I don't see enough of that in uh, some of the big houses. Where yeah. We're very safe and we're very... Uh, very careful. Don't want to make people too uncomfortable. A yeah. little bit, but not 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 too much. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen anything in a, in a big theater in a long time that uh, has made me feel particularly uncomfortable. Right. Um, I've seen more of that in indie theaters
1: in small houses. Absolutely, today. absolutely. Did yeah. you see was it? Nirbaya. How do I say it? Nirjaya. Near Nirbaya. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, at uh, the at uh, Harbor Front. It was a it was a piece um, out of India about that girl that was raped on a bus mm. with her friend and she died. It was a mm. gang rape and it's basically six women's stories out of India. They're from India except for panelist in who's uh, from Canada. Yeah. Basically, their stories of of rape and, and mm. what happened. And I kid you not, I've never experienced anything like it in the theater. And it yeah. was I, like literally at the end, I was I, I was so devastated. Uh, I turned to the guy beside me, we turned and looked at each other, and he, and he just he said hi. Uh, my name is Mohammed. I was like my name's Evan. It was like we just needed to fucking connect with someone. Like on a, <laughs> yeah, And we shook yeah. hands, and it was like it was like we just witnessed that, didn't we? Yeah. Like that kind of theater. Mm. Um, even like uh, Dean uh, Theater Smith Gilmore do do some things where it's just like there's no sets, nothing, just like yeah. actors, and it's devastating.
0: Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be sex, and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be that. But it's, it's good to see theater that, that, that challenges every now and then. Yeah. When we're fed a lot of a lot of very safe stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm trying to think. You did a show at. Uh, uh, was it with with recently was the... Yes. What was the name? Chimerica. Chimerica. I knew you yeah. had that. Um, that show, um, I think, if I recall, they were mixed reviews, but yeah. uh, I know the actors in it were really passionate about it. Yeah. Um, I didn't see all the reviews. I know there was there was uh, uh, some stuff there, but that, that show, I think, was really important to the people who were performing it and a lot of audiences I think enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you get the sense that, that there was like the mix of, of responses to it? Um, I thought you said we weren't going to talk about Chandler. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought I gave you a list of things we weren't going to talk about. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, there was, it was quite a mixed reaction mm. to it. I. I had known for about a year that I was that I was going to do it, and uh, I read it, and I and I really wanted to do it because of the last page of the play, mm. and it's a big play, yeah. it's three hours plus, and uh, I got to the last page, and I just was like, <sighs> blew me over, and um, I'd kind of not read my character to be honest, <laughs> what what was involved, and. Uh, it was really hard it was really difficult it was you know it was a big show yeah. it was a big set it was big lights it was big uh, expectations again it was it yeah. felt somewhat like I, I remember getting out there for tech and thinking my shoulders went up because I was like fuck this is like Lord of the Rings mm. everything's big yeah. and uh, and uh, I feel lost mm. out here and uh, there was a few blow-ups where I was like, I can't hear the other goddamn actors on the fucking <laughs> stage. How can I perform? And uh, uh, yeah, reviews were mixed. Right, and, uh, you know, we cut twenty minutes off the show without making cuts of, mm. of the script. So that was the actors, and uh, we. I, I was so proud of our cast. Like, mm. we just wonderful people, um, and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk of, of and rightly so, about mm-hmm. diversity in the theater. And I think that's going to change every, like, yeah, everything for the better. Um, yeah. Different stories, new voices, and um, probably some more raw experiences than than our usual British yeah. experiences, which were fairly, you know, we yeah. we won all the wars, don't yes. you know? Like yeah. everything, yeah, yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. Not, nothing really wrong. Yeah. Um,
0: I really, I look forward to the, to, like, we're seeing a bit more diversity in mm-hmm. various stages. I know Stratford is making a big, uh, they made a real effort uh, this year to have a little more diversity yeah. on stage. Um, and uh, I kind of like theaters being taken to, to task for having seasons made up of all, all white males. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that we will only benefit from, from more diverse voices, yeah, but I think that that I mean, it will bring out more audiences. That's for sure. Certainly, I mean, Certainly. people go to see themselves on stage yeah. in a lot of ways, and if yeah. we're not, if we're only talking to to one uh, one aspect of who we are, then yeah, I think that they we're limiting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: well, and the demographic of schools that go to Stratford and Shaw are, are mostly non-white. Well, like,
0: I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of schools that are predominantly non-white. Yeah, and we have to speak to them as much as we have to speak to everybody else. Yeah,
1: and until and until we get to the day when you know someone looks up on the stage and they go, whether it's black, white, yellow, whatever it is, they can go, oh, I, I identify with this person as being a person. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to what color they are, then 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 we won't have to worry about that anymore but it doesn't feel like we're there we're in some transitional stage no we're in a transitional
0: stage where I think you know, I, I, for a long time their phrase colorblind casting has been thrown around it. Yeah. it doesn't I don't think it exists as much as we want it to no because we're still worried about well they don't look like father and daughter they don't look like mother and son mm-hmm. because we can't cast him because he's black we, she's white and I think that we have to get away from, from all of that I think mm-hmm. that audiences will uh, will will accept whatever is presented as long as the actors on stage believe it. Yeah. You
1: know. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen in film, right? I mean, no. there's there's whitewashing in, going on in film. That's that's quite extraordinary. That's, that's a whole other. That's a whole other
0: topic. Absolutely. I mean, but, but they you
1: know. also they're hiding. You know, they're they're hiding in, in behind large towers, right? Yes. Like yeah. they, whereas theater is is ground level shit. Like there's there's nowhere to hide. So it's like it's no. like our voices are are loud and they're. Carried through amongst uh, all of our peers
0: yeah um, and also the difference is that the people who are watching are in the in the room yeah they're there, so their reaction matters you know absolutely yeah absolutely um, after chimerica I mean you were talking earlier you're working on a, on a TV show right now mm-hmm. uh, is there do you know of any other theater on, on the horizon for you or um no i've given
1: up the theater <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've learned all i can i've stopped learning no i uh, uh there's possibly some things uh, uh down the road but i haven't uh, um, uh signed on to anything yet and it's uh, uh i really yeah like after i uh, chimerica i was it took it took another like month and a half mm-hmm. to kind of Come out from underneath that. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Um, I had a, a Barbara Gaines, who's the artistic director of Chicago Shakespeare Theater, mm-hmm. said to me uh, years ago. I was, we were doing Macbeth, and I was playing Macduff, and she said to me, "You have to be careful." And I was like, well, "What do you mean? What do you mean?" She said, "You just, you, you're, you're an actor who has to be a bit more careful about about what you're doing," mm-hmm. and I was kind of like. Half of me was flattered. Half of me was concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, like what yeah. she meant by that. And, you know, the actors that I really looked up to growing up were Brent Carver mm-hmm. and Stephen Womet and and you know McCamus and, and these guys that were able to sort of just, especially Brent. Yeah. Uh, you know, no one can no one can do what Brent Carver does. Yeah. Like yeah. he's just he just is. Yeah. He's an open wound. He's he's whatever. He just presents. Exactly, what's in front of him at the time, or what's inside of him at the time. And and I think sometimes I, I was like, I want to be more like that, I want to be more like that. And I knew I had it inside of me to do that, but it's a dangerous thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because you take on, which I did in Chimerica, I took on the character's um, foibles and faults mm-hmm. as my own. Uh, you know, as an actor, you're going, okay, what part of this can I learn about myself? Yes, and I really yeah. did. And I had one woman stop me at the stage door of Chimerica and she pointed in my face and she said, I'm so glad you lost. <laughs> and I was just like, and I couldn't get out the door. There were people blocking the door. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, give me the fuck away from this woman. What have I done? What yeah. have I done? But I sometimes forget that it's just a character, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, took, it takes a long time to sort of recover from these things. So as I'm getting older, I'm going, well, quality of life, um, is it? Uh, I'm grateful as mm. fuck for the opportunities, but then I do have to be careful mm-hmm. about about going into these sort of uh, uh, realms. Mm. Yeah. You
0: know,
1: yeah. Or find ritual to sort of let it go, and I'm terribly undisciplined at doing that. So mm. it can be difficult
0: to let that stuff go. Yeah. Um, especially when you're going to dark places and things like that. That's very difficult to let go of. So Especially if you're doing it for a long period of time, like an in independent theater. Uh, most of what I do, is like we've run for two weeks. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So two weeks, and I'm done. But then, if the show runs longer, yeah, um, like a season, they have to figure out how you're gonna how you're gonna like let that crap go absolutely yeah
1: yeah and i like I, I just tend to play those parts at stratford like edgar i've played twice mm-hmm. uh <laughs> and tom joad in the grapes of wrath and and last year playing pericles which was so like it's so much sadness yeah like, so much sadness and i actually got pneumonia halfway through the mm-hmm. season uh and i was out for two weeks i've never had, if you're never had pneumonia don't get it it's fucking no. terrible yeah. and i was so sick um but it is, like, they say sadness lives in the lungs, mm-hmm. right? And it just it yeah. got in there. And it's fun to it's cathartic yeah. to play around with that stuff. But it's also it's also a bit, uh, you're walking the line. Like, I think of Vivian Lee, who wound up in a, not to compare myself to Vivian yeah. Lee, but, like, those sorts of actors, they literally died in an insane asylum. Yeah. And she was yeah. fucking great. Yeah.
0: When you're doing a role like like that in *Grapes of Wrath* and you're you the sad all the time, but you're also playing other roles um, throughout uh, the season in rep, mm-hmm. how are you How are you uh, going from one to another? Like if you're holding on to the sadness so much, but you have to then go on and play another role, how are you letting go of the sadness? But
1: uh, well, Grape Sorrel was, was tough because I was so angry all the fucking time. <laughs> I was just so, and I, I remember I used to snap at actors on stage. Uh, a wonderful guy, Kyle Galemba, I remember. I would snap at him on stage because mm-hmm. we'd get out there, and I fucking had to. I felt so bad about it, but we would get out there, and they're all like, "You fucking Okies, you fucking go back to where yeah. you come from, right?" And yeah. just constant, 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 and I like, just would sometimes just be like, ah, and like snap at them, yeah. right? It was just yeah. like so mm-hmm. much. Uh, you know, and you're and you're and you're researching about migrant workers in Canada mm-hmm. and how poorly we fucking treat them here. I yeah. keep hearing this shit about Leamington. It's like, oh, the Heinz ketchup factory's closing. Oh yeah, well, check out what you're doing to the migrant workers yeah, in, that, yeah. in that city. They didn't even let their schools come to see the grapes of wrath mm-hmm. in Leamington. Really? Yeah, they wouldn't let them come because mm-hmm. of obviously the themes of Grapes mm-hmm. of Wrath. Um, but, you know, you, you balance it with, with the other show. It's it's almost mm-hmm. like a joy to, like Pericles last year, I got to balance it with doing Carousel and playing right, yes. Jigger and yeah. Carousel. It's like, ah, blow me high, blow low, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. like doing that kind yeah. of thing. So it's, a it, you know, and to be around the energy of the musical theater um, realm as well is so much, it's so uplifting. So it is finding balance, mm. Um but these, yeah, I don't know. These things leave, uh, leave, leave marks on mm-hmm. you, and uh, uh, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a tough job. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a banker, man. Like, if I can work sixteen hours no. a day. And like, no, I know it's totally. It's, it's like, it's,
0: Yeah, I mean the thing is, the thing is, the people who do it do it because they can't envision doing anything. No, so you really can't. And that's, As Peter told us. Yeah, right? of course. It, yeah. He said yeah.
1: to us like 25 years ago, if you can do anything else, go fucking do it. Yeah. And 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 we were like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot, most yeah. people did. Yeah. That's, that's I important. know a lot
0: of people that I went to school with don't do it anymore. Yeah. You know,
1: and leading happy, yeah. useful lives with families yeah. and I money mean, and. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do.
0: I, I I balance. You know, I I've got, um, you know, I have my day job, but I also. I make my own stuff, yeah. but, you know, I gave it up for, like, five years a long time ago just to, I was like, well, that's it, I'm going to be, I'm going to work, I'm going to have a job and do all this stuff. Oh, and, cool. You know, that's, after about five years, I was like, I can't, I can't not be doing this anymore. Really? You know? You yeah. Had, you had no other output for, like, creativity? No, or? I took it all the way. I just got a job at a call center and I was like, this is this will be my life now and then I worked my way up and I would become, I don't know, I didn't want to be like a CEO but I was like, I, I'm not going to do theater anymore. Yeah, I burned out, I, I produced uh, a double bill of some Shakespeare and, and was really, I threw a whole lot into that and then by the time it was over I was like, wait, nope, I hate myself and I hate all, all the work that I'm doing so yeah, yeah. I had to stop doing it for a while mm-hmm. but that's because we always throw ourselves into what we're doing Yeah, with, I Blind abandon. Be, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I, I know an actress, a famous Canadian actress, who, uh, she played Desdemona, and uh, the actor playing Othello was, like, just terrified her, right? Mm. This is many, many years ago. Mm. And, but terrified her so much to the point where she gave up, act, like, just didn't act for a mm. year. She had to, just to step away from acting for a year mm. just because it was... It's it's psychologically fucking
0: insane. Yeah. What we do to ourselves. Yeah. I often think that we need to do that. That sometimes, you know, I mean, I know that we have to hold on to it and keep playing the part. We also need to take care of each other. Yeah. Um, when we're doing, especially when we're doing difficult shit. Yeah. Like we need to make sure that, you know, if I'm terrified of you, well, we should probably deal with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're still a team here. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes we get caught up in what we're doing on stage yeah um and that's that's part of part of the job i guess totally
1: well and it needs to come from the top down too right like if, yeah. if uh, like i love i love those teachers like michael moss and peter Wilde stuff that scared me that gave me the honest it's mm-hmm. like mindless what you're doing right now is mindless i'm gonna go have a smoke and you figure out what the fuck you're doing wrong right mm-hmm. like that kind of yeah. thing i appreciate it um I love the movie Whiplash, just because I was like, mm. I fucking get this. Yeah, like, it's a bit yeah. extreme, but I get it. Yes, yeah. But yeah. then, you know, there, there does need, um, not coddling, mm-hmm. but um, from top-down directors, artistic directors, uh, whoever, to really... Um, like, you, you don't have a crew of the Star Trek, uh, the Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. a crew of misfits, um, deeply emotional and sensitive individuals yes and we are not businessmen we are not we are we are artists yeah and and uh to really sort of take that in and go what how do i how do i talk to these people separately is a is a is a gift that you know only a few have Mm. yeah
0: we're that we're basically out of time are we yeah oh okay thanks (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with to me today. This yeah, great. yeah. No, my pleasure. Thank you.